Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. I'm excited to share with you guys today. There's a word that God put on my heart uh, back at the beginning of this year during our 21 days of prayer and fasting, and it's something that I've just been thinking about I hadn't been able to let go of all year. Uh, I want to talk about our dream home, our dream home, and I'm sure everybody has something that comes to mind when you think about your dream home, what that is for you. You know, maybe it's somewhere out in the country on some land or maybe somewhere on the beach, uh, somewhere, uh, you know, your favorite neighborhood with a swimming pool. I don't know what they is for you, but uh, I want to talk about our dream home today. There's actually, there is a contest. Any of you guys watch HGTV? There is a contest that they do every year, and HGTV, they give away a dream home. And so, man, you can enter like every day for a couple months for this thing until they do the drawing. And so I'll enter for it like every day. After I do that for a few weeks, I really start feeling like I'm going to win this thing. If something happens in my mind, I start getting convinced. I'm looking at the pictures. I start planning out where everybody's going to stay. This is going to be my room. This is where the girls will stay. If family comes, they can stay here. I'm going to figure out how to pay the taxes. Maybe we can rent it. Got to figure out schedule how we're going to get over there. Not, not realizing 100 million other people are thinking the same thing. Inevitably, every year, swing and a miss, man. No dice on the dream home. But today, I want to talk about our spiritual dream home. I want to read to you today from John chapter 15, verses 4 and 5. Uh, John 15, verses 4 and 5. It says, Jesus speaking. He says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So today, I want to talk about abiding. Now, I want to focus on that word abiding. You know, to abide, it's where we live. It's where we dwell. It's where we make our home. Jesus, he's telling us in this verse, you need to make your home in me. Uh, you know, of all the places that we could build our life, of all the places that we could invest our life, there's nowhere better than Jesus. He's the dream home for our soul. Amen. You know what Jesus is saying in this verse is you've got to remain in me. You've got to stay connected to me just like the branch is connected to the vine. Unless you're connected to me, you can't survive and you can't produce fruit that will remain. Amen. And so today I want to talk about abiding. I want to talk about what it looks like. I don't want this to be a vague concept. I want to talk about it a little bit, hopefully bring a little bit of of definition. You know, there's things that people tell you you need to do when you become a Christian. You know, read your Bible, pray, go to church. Those things are, are vital and extremely important. But the heart and the spirit that we do those things in, that's where I think abiding comes in. It is praying. Abiding is praying, but it's not coming to God with an agenda. It's not coming to God with a list of things that we need. It's just enjoying his presence, waiting on the Lord, listening for his voice, just being in relationship with him. It's, it, it's praying, but it's, it is reading your Bible, but it's not uh, checking a box, you know, in the morning. You know, I know for me, if I'm not careful, I use the Bible app, and there's a reading plan that I follow, and at the end of it, you fill in these little bubbles. I've got to be careful that it's not just a task that I'm doing each day, and then I'm moving on to the next thing. We need God's Word. It's our instruction. It brings clarity and perspective to our life, and so it's not just something that we do so that we can move on to what's next. 
when we abide, we're receiving from God's word. You know, it's giving, but not out of obligation. It's having a generous heart. It's daily obedience, being sensitive to the things that grieve the heart of God. When we abide, we allow God to shape our desires, our affections, the things that we love, the things that we care about. You know, abiding, it's not something that we just do on Sundays and Wednesdays or something for 15 minutes in the morning and then we moving on. When we abide, we're staying continually connected just like the branches connected to the vine. And every part of our day, seeing our entire world through the lens of God. Amen. And so, uh, you know, this morning I just want to talk about that a little bit, what it means to abide. I've got, I've, got a, uh, I've got three daughters. My oldest, Gabby, she just finished her first year at LSU. Now, she's living at home with us right now. Uh, She's smart. But uh, Gab, she's in a stage of life, and I remember being there. She's getting older, and so she's not home all the time. She's hanging out with friends. You know, she's got study groups. She's got a boyfriend there. They're hanging out. And so I'm going to bed early. She comes home late. We may not see each other all the time. But Gab, she loves the things that being at home offers. You know, she loves Wi-Fi. She loves a warm bed. She loves food in the fridge, food in the pantry. She loves all the things that the house has to offer. But sometimes we're not connecting as much as we used to. I think the danger for us as Christians is that we get to a place where we enjoy the benefits of God, that we love the things that he provides for us but we neglect relationship with him. We neglect abiding with him. It can't just be about the things that he provides for us. We've got to have relationship with him. You know, relationship with God, it's not a burden. It's a privilege. It's an honor to be able to have relationship with God. And of all the things that he could give us, his presence is the prize, amen? His presence is the thing that matters uh, the most. I was thinking about this. You know, whenever I was a kid, we used to love to camp out. I loved camping out in the backyard. You know, we'd have friends over for a sleepover. We'd camp, we'd camp out. You know, we'd put up a tent. We'd light a fire. Man, maybe we would roast some hot dogs. Maybe we'd roast some marshmallows, get our flashlights out, tell some stories, just have fun. Camping out always started awesome. But then, man, when it gets time to go to sleep, starts getting hot. Man, the mosquitoes start biting you. You got to sleep on the ground. If it starts raining, that's a mess. Camping out starts fun, but sometimes it doesn't always end that way. And I think in life, there are a lot of things that seem like they would be a good place for us to abide. They seem like they would be a good place to invest our life, but at the end, they don't satisfy like a home does, you know. There's things that, 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 you know, we, we can look at as far as, you know, building our life and abiding in when it comes to, you know, a career, a person, the pursuit of money, the pursuit of, of popularity. And those things aren't bad in themselves, but when you build your life on them, they'll never satisfy you. The only place that we can abide and that will satisfy us is Jesus. Amen. You know, think, thinking about this same analogy, camping out, right? When you're in the backyard and you're camping out, you're in this tent, but you're right next to the house. You can see it. You can see the lights on. You see the TV on. You see people walking around. You hear the air conditioner running. You're so close, but you're not in the house. I think a lot of Christians, to be honest, and I've been this way. I was raised in church, and there are times where I've been in church, but it hasn't been in me. I've been around the things of God. Things of God happening all around me, but they weren't happening inside of me. We can be in close proximity to God but we want him to be inside of us. There's a difference between knowing about God 
and in being in relationship with God, abiding in him. You know, we can know all of the attributes of God. We can memorize scripture, but he wants us to take us from a head knowledge to something that we know in our heart. And to me, this is the thing that sets Christianity apart the opportunity to know our God, to know our Savior. We have an invitation to relationship with him. I love what Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12. Paul says, I know him in whom I trust. I know him in whom I trust. He's not distant. God's not distant. He's not far away. He is near. And, and just like we sang about this morning, because of the blood of Jesus, we can come boldly before God's throne of grace, and we can have relationship with the almighty God. Amen. He says, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. And so this morning... I want to take the next few minutes, and there's some parallels, right, between our earthly homes, our physical homes, and our spiritual homes. And I want to look at a few of these. I've got five things I want to mention to you, things that our home provides. And the first thing I want to talk about is rest. Rest. When we abide in Christ, there is rest for our souls. You know, in my, in my physical home, there's nowhere that I sleep better than in my own bed. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? Man, I could be in the most amazing vacation, staying at an incredible hotel. I still can't wait to get back to my house and sleep in my bed. I just sleep good there. I rest well there. It's the same thing for our soul. There's nowhere that we find rest for our souls like we do when we abide in Christ. Amen. Psalms 91. Verse 1, it says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. You know, there are so many things in life that try to rob us of our joy, rob us of our peace. They'll leave us exhausted. You know, maybe it's your job. Maybe it's, it's finances. Maybe it's a, a relationship. Maybe it's the tension, the politics in our country, the division. Those things can be exhausting. But God, he wants to fill our tank. And when we abide in him, we can find rest for our souls. I love Isaiah chapter 40, verses 31. I know you guys are probably familiar with this verse. It says, they that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. See, God, he wants to fill our tank, but it says that we have to wait on him in order to do so. Just like we were talking about earlier, we've got to learn how to wait on God's presence, not come with an agenda, just be with him. And when we do, man, he can fill us up. Yeah, I think two of the biggest distract, two of the biggest obstacles to our our uh, abiding in God are busyness and distractions. Busyness and distractions; those things can keep us from abiding in God like we need to. When our schedules are full from morning till night, man, yeah, I know how it is. Everybody's got stuff going on. You know, you get to the weekend, kids have ball games. There's always something happening. And then when you finally stop, you finally slow down, you know, you've got your phone right there to distract you. There's always a, a, a something that is there that's ready to keep us from God's presence. But, you know, for us, we've got to learn to slow down. We've got to learn to block out the noise, make God's presence a priority. And when we do, he will fill us up with his peace and his joy, give us rest for our soul. So we get rest whenever we abide in Christ. The next thing is safety, safety, protection, covering that our home provides. You know, I've got a, I've got a security system at my house and uh, had one for years, gives me peace of mind. It's all fun and games, man, until that thing goes off in the middle of the night. We had this happen to us a couple years, man, a couple years back. It was 2 a.m., 
And all of a sudden, it starts going off, and, and, and ours makes like this loud announcement, and then it, I feel like everybody in the neighborhood can hear it. It says, intruder, intruder, authorities are responding, authorities are responding. And uh, 2 a.m., we wake up out of a dead sleep like, what's, somebody's in the house, you know, <laughs> what's going on? So I'm like, Danielle, somebody's in the house, go see what's going on, go see what's going on, Danielle. She's like, our kids are out there. I know. That's why you need to go see. You need to go look. I'm right behind you, you know. Um, So what had happened, the wind blew the door open, man. The wind blew the door open. So we got it turned off, and, and I don't think I was able. I was so shook up, I couldn't go back to sleep. But when we abide in Christ, there's safety, there's protection, there's covering for us. Listen to what it says, Psalms 91, 4. It says, he will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. I love that. His promises are your armor and your protection. You know, this doesn't mean that we're not going to walk through things in life. There are going to be times when we go through darkness. There are going to be times when we walk through the valley. But when we do, hold on to God's promises. They are our covering. They're our armor, and they are our protection. Amen. No matter what we go through, God's going to be right there with us. Amen. Rest, safety. I like this next one. I really like this next one. Nourishment. You know, when you, when, when when you're in a good home, man, there is nourishment. I love home cooking. I love to eat. I come from an Italian family. My last name is Musso. Everything that we do revolves around food. Everything. We eat lunch and maybe 30 minutes later, what's for dinner? I mean, it's, we're always thinking about food. Anytime we get together, it's always revolving around that. Man, my wife is an amazing cook. My dad is an incredible cook. Every Sunday night, my dad, he does this big spread for, for Sunday dinner. Every Sunday we have dinner at his house. And I'm always like, man, who else is coming over? He's like, it's just us. I'm like, man, who is going to eat all this food? I really think an Italian, I've learned this, and I, I feel like the biggest fear for an Italian is not having enough food. Uh, it, it really is, man. Maybe number one would be like getting by, eating by like a wild animal, you know, like a great white shark grizzly bear or something, but right right close second is not having enough food. I see it over and over again, and he's passed it down to me. But when we abide in Christ, there's nourishment. We feed ourselves on his word. When we feast on God's word, he gives us direction for his life. He speaks to us just like the Israelites. You know, God, he would give them manna each day for that day. They couldn't carry it over. They needed it for that day. We can't just eat God's word a couple of days a week. We've got to feast on it every day because he's got something that he wants to speak to us for that day. I love this in Jeremiah chapter 15, 16. It says, when I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight. You know, we have to feast on God's word. And like I was talking about earlier, sometimes when you get busy, at least for me, maybe you guys can relate, when life gets busy, we don't have time to cook. And so I got to start getting fast food, right? We'll have to just pick something up on the way home. It works in a pinch, but it's not as good, man. It's not as good for you, and it doesn't taste as good as home cooking. It's the same thing spiritually. When we don't make time for God's word, we end up consuming the wrong stuff. We end up consuming social media. We end up consuming TV, the message of the culture today. That stuff, it's not healthy for us. It's not going to sustain us and strengthen us and nourish us like God's word. We've got to make sure that we are feasting on God's word. Amen. Rest, safety, nourishment. And then there's belonging. You know, when we are abiding in Christ, there is a belonging. One of the things I love about being at home is 
man, everybody loves me at my house. I don't have to impress anybody. I can be myself. I can wear my sweatpants. I can wear my T-shirt that's got all kind of holes in it. My family doesn't care. They love me all the same. When you are a part of God's family, listen, I think there's this deal with Christians where we feel like we always have to be perfect. We've got to portray the perfect image of ourselves at church or on social media like we've got it all together. It's okay to not be perfect all the time, you know. God loves us. He welcomes us into a relationship with him. And in his family, there is belonging. He always makes room for us. You know, years and years ago, this is a while back, but we were hosting a conference here at the church. It was a youth conference. And so we had all these speakers coming in, these young dynamic guys. Pastor Mike always talks about the who's who of the Christian zoo. Well, we had all these, these speakers that were coming in, really, really great communicators. And certain people on the staff were assigned to host them. And so Pastor Dave, Pastor Dave likes to tell stories about me. I got to get Pastor Dave this morning. Pastor Dave, he was assigned to host one of these, these uh, communicators that were coming in, and his wife, this couple, super nice people. And so they were going to a lunch where they, all the different people were, were meeting at, their, at a restaurant, a Cajun restaurant in town, kind of giving these people that were coming in from out of the area a taste of, of what Louisiana food is like. We got the best. Y'all know that. And so anyway, Pastor Dave, he kept asking me, leading up to this lunch, if I would go with him. Well, I wasn't invited to this lunch, and I'm a rule follower. I'm like, I'm like I wasn't invited, man. It's just going to be weird if I come, and I'm not supposed to be there. I, I, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. But Dave does not take no for an answer. This isn't anything. Like, if there's a song that he wants us to sing, he's texting it every single day, 5 a.m., Doug, when we sing this song, when we sing this song. He'll just text me the title of it. He, you know, he's relentless until he gets what he wants. And so he wore me down, and eventually I was like, fine, man, you know, I'll go. He said, come on, man, it'll be fun. You know, you can help me make, make you know, uh, conversation with these people, just kind of make the car ride a little easier. And so we're riding, uh, you know, and everything's going great. Like I said, really nice people. And we get to the restaurant, and I turn the corner, and I think we must have been like the last ones there, Dave, because, like, we turn the corner, and it was a big room, but every seat was filled, man. There was nowhere to sit. I mean, there might have been a couple spots for the people that were with us. But I, and my heart sank. I was like, and they're all, you know, you walk into a room, and you just feel like everybody's looking at you. And so uh, I'm like, I don't know. Where, there's nowhere for me to sit, you know. And I caught eyes with the guy that was kind of heading this entire thing up. And I saw by the look on his face, man, this is not good. And, and he walked over to me, and this is his words. This is what he said. I quote, this is exactly what he said. He said, what in the world are you doing here? What in the world are you doing here? I'm like, Dave, I just wanted to sit at my desk and drink a smoothie, man. Why did you make me come to this lunch? I didn't even want to do this. Man, he made me come to this lunch. Now I'm embarrassed in front of everybody. Me and a buddy we, we, that, that was there, I guess they didn't have room, room for him either. We got Chick-fil-A and came back to the church. But here's the thing. You never have to worry about having room at God's table. There's a belonging there's an acceptance there. He welcomes us into relationship with him. The enemy, you know, he tries to isolate us, make us feel shame, guilt, condemnation about our past, things that we've done. You can't have relationship with God. God says, come be a part of the family. I've got room for you right here. I'll always make room for you. And so there's belonging. And that brings me to the last, the last thing is there's intimacy. 
when we're relation, when when we're abiding in Christ, there's relationship, there's intimacy. You know, not only uh, do do I live with my family, I love them. I love spending time with my family, whether it's you know uh, watching a movie, sharing a meal together, playing board games. You know, board games are kind of tricky, actually. Uh, my wife is super competitive. Sometimes board games can have the opposite effect of bringing us together and can tear us apart. <laughs> but um, but I love being with my family. I just love, uh, you know, what happens at home when it comes to relationship and intimacy. You and I, you know, we weren't made to just come to church and listen to sermons, sing songs. God created you for relationship with him. He created you for intimacy with him. I think that's amazing that the almighty God, the creator of the universe, longs to have relationship with you and I. This is a beautiful picture in Revelations 3.20. Listen what it says. It says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Isn't that a beautiful picture of relationship with God? I just still can't believe it that God wants to have a relationship with me and that we get to do that. Um, You know, like we were talking about earlier, fruitfulness. It flows from a life of intimacy with Christ, just like that vine, uh, branch is connected to the vine. It, that's how it produces fruit. And I was thinking about the story this week of Mary and Martha. I'm sure a lot of you guys are familiar about this story in the Bible. These two sisters, Jesus is coming over to their house, and, and Martha, she's busy getting everything ready. She's cleaning up the house. She's getting dinner ready. Mary is at Jesus' feet. She's just spending time with him. And Martha, naturally, she gets up, a little upset about this. And she goes to Jesus and she says, can you please tell her to help me? You know, I'm doing all of this stuff by myself. But Jesus, he tells her, listen, I'm not going to take this from her. She's chosen the better thing. She's chosen intimacy and relationship. I think, it's, I, I think we have to be careful sometimes that we don't equate busyness with fruitfulness. That we don't equate doing things for God for relationship with God. There's no substitute for intimacy with God. You know, I, I, just like that, that branch, there's nothing that a branch can do to produce more fruit. It can't reach out and grab any more of the sun or, 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 or receive any more rain on its own. It produces fruit by being connected to the vine. And if it's connected to the vine, then fruit is naturally going to come from that. And so in our lives, if we're going to be fruitful, if we're going to produce fruit, we've just got to be connected to the vine. Amen. I want to finish with this, and there's a parable uh, that Jesus tells in Matthew chapter 7. There are two men. One of the men built his house on the sand, and another man built his house on the rock. You know, where you abide, the foundation that you build your house upon, where you abide, it affects how you respond to the adversity of life. Uh, you know, years ago, <laughs> I w- when I was in college, I-, I was thinking about my first job. I got a job as a bank teller. One of my friends had got hired at a bank, and to be honest, I couldn't believe that they hired him. I was surprised that he got the job. And so he's telling me about it and how much money he was making. I was like, man, I need to get in on some of that. And so I went and applied, and sure enough, they hired me at this bank. And, um, you know, I had been working there for about, about six months. And the branch that I worked at, we didn't have a drive through You could only walk in, right? And we stayed open till 7 o'clock at night. So when you got into the fall of the year, later in the year when it gets dark early, we would be open, like, for two hours just in the darkness. And uh, it would get kind of scary sometimes. I'm like, man, I don't know who's going to come in here. Well, sure enough, one night, 
um, we were about to close up, and right before we closed, this guy came in. And uh, like I said, I've been working at this branch for about six months. I'd gotten pretty used to the, the, the customers that were there. I kind of knew who everybody was, gotten used to their faces. Well, this guy comes in, and I'd never seen him before, and he had a hoodie on, but he had it, like, pulled over his head. And uh, immediately I was like, man, this don't, I don't know, this, does, this don't feel good. I'd never seen this guy before. But he walked back to the, 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 uh, the table where you fill out your deposit slips, and he, he started filling out his stuff. So I was like, man, just relax. Quit being so paranoid. And so he walks up to my window, and uh, he, he hands me, he, he passes me this deposit slip, and on it, were written three things, large bills, gun, fast. I was like, man, I'm not a smart guy, but I'm pretty sure I'm getting robbed right now. I mean, I can put two and two together. This guy's robbing me, man. And these ladies next to me, there were two other girls at the branch. They had no idea what was happening. They did not, they, they, they were clueless to the situation. And so it was me and this guy, and um, I didn't ever see his gun. He just had his hand in his, in his, uh, in his, in his sweatshirt like this. I might have got robbed at finger point. I'm not sure. It might have been finger point. might have been gun point. I don't know. But um, so I was prepared for this, though, I thought. There, there was a, a training that they do. And so they, they kind of tell you what you need to do in this situation. So there were three things that I remember they needed that I needed to do. The first thing that they told me was don't give anybody large bills. If you get robbed, don't give them the large bills. Well, this, my guy is asking for large bills. I loaded him up, man. I emptied it out, you know. That's what he's getting. You want large bills? Come on, man. They're all yours. I'll give you everybody's. It ain't my money. <laughs> oh, for one, strike one, you know, large bills. Here you go. The second thing they told me was, Given this die pack, it looks like money, right? It's wrapped in money. I, and if I'm, I hope I'm not telling all the tricks of the trade. Hopefully you guys aren't robbing a bank anytime soon. I'm giving you all the scoop. Maybe they've changed in the last 20 years what they do. But there's a die pack that you, that you give these guys, right? They, they, they said if you give this die pack, we'll give you a reward. We'll give you $300 if you put this in their bag. Because when they leave, it explodes and it ruins all their money. And uh, I, whenever I was in the training, I was like, man, I hope I get robbed. I, $300, I can use that. I'll get, I, you know, I'm giving it to them. Well, in the heat of the moment, I'm like, man, I got a name tag. This guy knows who I am if I ruin his money. And it's wrapped in $10 bills. He was asking for large bills. I'm not, I was like, I'm not giving it to him. I'm not doing this. Oh, for 2, man. And then the last thing they said was uh, there's a, there's a uh, silent alarm under the desk, if you go ahead and hit that, it'll alert the police to come. Well, I was like, I'm looking at him. I'm like, I'm going to be like fumbling for this thing. I can't find it. And then if I do push it, I don't want the cops to come while he's here. Then we have a hostage situation. I, so I just didn't do anything. I just gave him the money. I gave him the money. He rolled out. Hopefully he was wise with it. He leaves. The ladies next to me. Had no idea what was going on. I was like, y'all, we just got robbed. They start crying and freaking out. I'm like, why are y'all freaking out? I'm the one that just got robbed. You know, this is me. And uh, so, man, I look back at that story, that situation. I thought I was ready for it, right? 
Man, I fell apart. Just like this man, he built his house on the sand. He thought he was ready for the storm. That thing, his house collapsed. When the winds began to blow, when the waters began to rise, his house was swept away. But the person whose house was built on the rock, they weren't moved. They weren't shaken. And as I was preparing this message this week, I couldn't help but think, I've had a front row seat to what this looks like when you build your house upon the rock. This last year, um, you know, my sister Marie, I think she's here this morning somewhere. Marie, you around here somewhere? She's here. There she is. Um, my sister Marie, this past September, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And um, it, we'd gone out to eat for her birthday. And uh, I think three days later, her 39th birthday, we were going out to eat. Three days later, uh, she got diagnosed with breast cancer. Got a call from the doctor, man. You can't prepare for something like that. Came out of the blue. Our family, man, we've always just been so blessed. But, uh, you know, here out of the blue, she gets this diagnosis. But Marie has always been someone who has abided in Christ. She's, in, she's always made God's presence a priority, hidden his word in her heart. She's been a person of worship. And so, listen, you would never want something like this to happen. But she didn't let it steal her joy. She hasn't let it steal her peace. She just remained uh, just confident in her faith in God when this, you know, this diagnosis happened. And, uh, you know, she, we believe God's going to heal her. She's getting to the end of her treatment. Uh, but what's so awesome about Marie, talking about being fruitful, even in this season, she's found ways to minister to other women who are going through the same thing. Like I said, she's kind of getting to the end of her treatment, but there's women who are just starting. Marie's sharing her scriptures with them that have helped get her through. She's praying with them. She's encouraging uh, them just with her story and how God has sustained her. And she's walked just like we talked about today. She's had rest for her soul. She's been nourished by God's word. He strengthened her, encouraged her. She's experienced God's safety and protection and her life. And I've just, it's just been amazing to see. I'm just so proud of her. And to me, it just shows what happens that you can walk through anything when you abide in Christ and he is by your side. Amen. Can we stand this morning? Can we stand? You know, my heart for us as a church is that we would be a people who just like Paul said, we, we, we read this earlier, I know him in whom I trust. You know, I know what the doctors say. I know what the diagnosis might have been, but I know the one in whom I trust. I know my marriage might be in pieces, but I know the one in whom I trust. I know I need a financial breakthrough right now, but I know the one in whom I trust. And when we abide in Christ, when we walk with him, man, he will see us through every situation. In that bank, I was all by myself. But man, when we are abiding in Christ, we've got the help of the Holy Spirit. He's with us every step of the way. Amen. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.